Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be discussing the Ghoul Geek Keith film pick of the week from 1963, Blood Feast, directed by Herschel Gordon Lewis, the aforementioned godfather of the splatter film. But before we get into that tonight, we are joined by the man who made this pick, the Ghoul Geek Keith. Ishtar! Ishtar! What is up, everybody? Uh, All right. Mecca, Lecca, hi, Mecca, honey, hello. That's what we say. <laughs> Fauxchal. <laughs> Glad to have you as always tonight and for all the festivities we have going down tonight on the show. We're also joined by the psychotic Simeon, the Prince of Moore's Day. Funky with it, Monkey. Yes, keep it a funky, keep it a fresh. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the Talking Terror crew, bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all of the land. So make sure you listen on Spotify. Make sure you listen on iTunes. Make sure you listen on Blog Talk. Just make sure you fucking listen on whatever you get your streaming services. And just make sure you listen to the best damn horror podcast there is. That is Talking Terror. What's up, my motherfuckers? Hi, Monkey. Hi, dude. <laughs> and, of course, last but not least, we're joined by the very student, the very opinionated, the very kind, Demonic Dean. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you very much for that very warm welcome. <laughs> uh, it's it's so always kind. a pleasure of my, of my week to, to, to join here in this program of which we call Talking Terror. We another week, another episode. We love you too. Another yeah. film. And speaking of love, monkey, uh, I believe yeah. that love there was monkey. kind of speaking a, of a love, love monkey fest <laughs> going on, a, a, a love fest, a, a bromance taking place, a brotherly love romance taking place uh, between our very own king of horror and monkey, with a, a very special message greeting. If either of you gentlemen would care to talk about that. Love is in sure. the air. Absolutely. King, do you want to start or do you want me to start? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Just know that we love you guys no matter what. Okay, We're glad that you guys are embarking on this, this journey together. We knew it all this time. Just so you guys know. <laughs> because it doesn't work why not do it? So, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I had a certain uh, actor that you may know by Malcolm McDowell on Cameo. Send a little message to my little droogie, the Mad Monkey. Uh, so that's all I have to say about that. I'll let uh, Mad Monkey take it from here. Yeah, uh, I just got this random message saying, you know, hey, check out this fucking link that I sent you. You know, hope you like it. And uh, I didn't know what the fuck was going on, and it was – 
you know, I kept trying to click it and it's just saying, you know, go download this app for Cameo. And the king knows I hate fucking downloading shit. But then the cool is like, the monkey, just download the fucking app. All right? It's fucking worth it. Just download the fucking app and just fucking do this. And I'd never heard of this thing called Cameo. And apparently it's this thing where you can hire actors and actresses and celebrities of all kinds to give personalized messages. Know this. And so I come across this and I come across a message and I'm like, oh, King found some random message where it's Malcolm McDowell talking about a guy named Will. But then, no, there was more. There was. Yeah. There there was more? There was more. Our audience is desperate to know. Did he well, little brother? Did he well? I hope you're sitting down with the old nice Morocco plus. I'm getting ready for a bit of the old ultra-violence real horror show. Or maybe the old in-out, in-out, if you're lucky. Who knows? Anyway, from one brother to another. Uh, Andy sends you all his love. Um, I love that bonding of brothers. It's great. And he's very proud to call you Will, his brother. Okay. Well, I can't really say much more than that. That's really fantastic. And it's a really sweet thought. So uh, I add my sentiment to that. And listen, um, stay well. It's crazy times we're living in. All right, I send you all my very best. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, and Dr. After Loomis. Hearing, yeah, and after, like, seeing this and hearing it, like, I was just blown away. It's like no one has ever done anything like that for me before. And, I, like, I, I was writing on the journal and rush the rest of the day. It was, like, so awesome. And, like, again, brother, I love you. It's just such an awesome gift. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, I still can't seem to have the words to express, like, just how blown away I was by this. It was just so fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, I love you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah I, you know, I, I find uh, Cameo to be uh, a pretty cool uh, service. I have not uh, used it myself um, a couple years back. Uh, for my brother's 40th birthday, uh, some of his friends got him a cameo from New York Rangers Stanley Cup winning captain Mark Messier, um, which was funny. Oh, that's not cheap. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, you know, so that was pretty awesome. Um, and, yeah, it's a cool service. And the, the range of, uh, you know, actors, musicians, and athletes that are on there um, and the various associated with getting a cameo uh, run the gamut. Um, you know, I know a couple of years ago you guys had a boner for for the uh, Tim Capello, the sax player from the Lost Boys. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, can, nice, you can get nice him to do a cameo. Yeah, you can get him to do a cameo for 50 bucks, but then you can also get Flava Flav to do a cameo for like 400 bucks. Um, so the, the, the spectrum is, is very, very wide. And, you know, I'm just doing a quick scroll on their site right now. And, uh, you know, like I said, like there are uh, so many celebrities from, you know, every possible 
uh, like slice of celebrityhood. Um, and it's, you know, divided up into categories, of course, like actors, uh, Broadway actors, movies, film, uh, musicians, and then you can search by genre of music and, you know, so, you know, it's, it, it's a pretty cool thing. And it's also like a pretty cool thing to, uh, you know, for, for celebrities to have a, have a stream, um, you know, an income stream, especially, you know, right now when, when nobody, uh, is really doing anything like you know you go out and play like mark messier for example who 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 they got from my brother like this guy he records them like from his golf cart while he's like playing around a golf you know so like he'd be out playing golf and just raking in the dough you know <laughs> yeah well i think in this time right now too where we have you know obviously we can't have the amount of events indoors that we normally do. So signings and things like that, that aren't going on all that often. Yeah. This gives them an extra bit of revenue that they, uh, that they can record and pound off real quick. And yes, you know what the, uh, the prices do, they do go all over the place and some of them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, again, I, I'll always say, you know, if, if somebody finds that, that that's their value and they want to pay that much for an autograph or, or whatever it is, Go right on ahead. My own personal opinion, some of them are utterly ridiculous. And there are people on there that are fucking like, tick, you know, quote unquote, TikTok celebrities and shit like that that are asking for like 50, 60, 75 bucks for you to, you know, for them to come on real quick and be like, you know, hey, TikTok, you know, put their fucking foot up and flash a peace sign real quick. And it's like, yeah, sure thing, man. But again, if, if somebody's willing to do it and throw that out there and pay that kind of money, you know, did you get hit with like, you know, your stimulus and you got six or seven kids and you got all kinds of fucking money? God bless you. And that's what you want to do with it. But uh, I do think it, it is indeed a cool way to, uh, to one, get personalized messages for friends, as uh, as we just saw with this one, which was, I thought, very cool. I thought, but. What Malcolm McDowell did there was awesome, uh, fantastic, actually, you know, and uh, yeah, so so yeah, I do think it is cool and uh, it's fun, 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 man. And it was uh, and Malcolm he just joined Cameo not that long ago. I saw it on my Facebook page the other night. But brand new to Cameo and, and sending me requests, and he was affordable, like compared to some other celebrities, like you had said, Ghoul, about like TikTok and YouTubers who want like a hundred bucks to five hundred dollars, you know, to say hi. I was like Malcolm McDowell. You know, a classically trained actor and famous for so many roles, and he was affordable. And I was like, "Yeah, it's well worth it." And for him to Lindsay Lohan asking for like four hundred bucks. Yes, yeah. even like Kate Hodder asked for like. Yeah. like yeah. <laughs> we're horrible. Yes, but now, <laughs> but if you do go to Malcolm McDowell's cameo page, you will find the King's personal video to me, the Mad Fucking Monkey here, in his best of videos. All right, so just saying, it's there. It is best of, so fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm talking about the old in, out, in, out, man. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta yeah. love that. No. Can't yeah, go wrong and, with the and in, out, in, out. Yeah, and sure enough, I, like it, it, my day was awesome. You know, like because the king did that, it was like it. T- it totally turned my entire day around. The, my day had been shit, and the rest of the day, like I was just riding on this fucking high come home, you know, um, Diva's, like, you know, all excited about the video and shit like that, too, you know, and then she sits there and gives me a quick round, too, you know, like, old school, bent bent over, uh, like, you know, on the hands and knees and shit, which she hasn't done in a long time, you know, and I was just like, and I was like, see, 
Thank you, Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> you prophesized it. <laughs> Cast your day. <laughs> he knew what you were going to get. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I had to say, yeah, it, it was a good day. Glad it's one. Uh, moving away from the love fest that is Malcolm McDowell and the yeah, monkey. Uh, Ghoul, uh, the suck fest continues for Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. Uh, why don't you go over it a little bit? <laughs> I have no plans, but, you know, I just can't believe the, the amount of just, you know, ball chugging that's going on for this cut. I haven't seen any negative. It's all just, oh, my God. Like, I just, like, I had sex, like, after watching four and a four hour sets. Uh, yeah. So what? So what is yeah. going with this whole, uh, you know, Snyder cut thing, and you know, everyone going all crazy ghoul? Okay. I mean, you know, uh, like I said, uh, like I said in our chat, you know, obviously we keep it spoiler free, just in the event that uh, that any of you fellas want to want to end up checking it out. Um, and obviously for any for any listeners, but I would think that anybody that wanted to see it probably has already seen it. Um, all right, so as, as we all know, 2017 Justice League came out, you know, much chagrin. There were all kinds of issues. Zack Snyder's daughter had died. Uh, she, she took her own life, uh, you know, sadly. Uh, oh, she man. She battled many years for, for de- with depression. And, uh, and unfortunately, that, that is where that battle ended. Um, Zack had finished you know, most of the, uh, the, the principal photography, the filming and everything, the, the movie was moving into post-production. Um, but, you know, he, while dealing with this, uh, you know, the studio obviously didn't wanted to get the movie out. They needed to get the movie out within a certain amount of time. They weren't liking the direction he was taking it in anyway. And according to, you know, various sources, the movie was just way too long and they wanted specific things because they were trying to uh, play catch up. Uh, with Marvel, now that, you know, again, being that this all starts with Man of Steel back in 2013, you know, by, by now we had two Avengers movies out, and we were building towards uh, towards huge things. Um, so they hired Joss Whedon, who had directed the first Avengers film, as well as the second one, Age of Ultron, uh, to, to come on in and finish the film. He decided to do a couple of rewrites, uh, you know, some reshoots as well, added a couple of things, took out a whole bunch of shit because the studio was like, hey, listen, this movie cannot be over two hours, cannot be a minute over two hours long. Um, and Whedon did what he did. I, you know, I, I don't fault Whedon in this event here, mm. you know, too much because the reality is he was literally handed you know, a, a film that wasn't his to begin with and then told to do impossible things with it and then with the expectation of creating something like what he was able to pull off with the first Avengers movie. You know, the big difference there is is that first Avengers movie had five other films to lead up yeah. to that Avengers film. There were characters that were built, you know, through their various movies that, you know, in this film, you kind of had to introduce these characters because they didn't have previous outings. Um, up until this point, all you had seen was Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Um, you know, and that, that, that all in and of itself is going to be a, a difficult thing. But the CGI was rough. Uh, the villain was oh, very, yeah. uh, 
you know, Steppenwolf was not very well portrayed. Uh, it was your intention. Um, yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was bad, man. You know, I mean, you're talking like, yeah, probably slightly better than like uh, Xbox 360 <laughs> graphic type, type of video, man. It was, yeah, it was, it was rough around the edges, to say the least. But again, listen, it was what it was. He put the movie out. Now, I personally am not a hater of that first Justice League movie. You know, there are people, they, they freaked out. Oh, this movie's terrible. It was a box yeah. office bomb. It didn't, you know, make anywhere near as much money as they were expecting. Um, you know, people hated Ben Affleck for his portrayal of Batman, the way he looks, some of the scenes with him in it. Um, there are all kinds of, all kinds of hate there for it. I didn't love the movie, but nor did I go into it with the expectation to love it because everything that built up to it for me felt rushed and not, not well portrayed as far as the Man of Steel film, Batman vs. Superman, Wonder Woman, um, uh, Wonder Woman, yeah, preceded this, right? I think it was. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember whichever one. Um, did it? No, I wasn't sure if it came out. Yeah, it did, because it came out after Batman vs. Superman, sorry. Um, all right, so... Years are rolling by. Everybody wants, you know, supposedly that Zack Snyder had taken what he had done with the film home with him and had been tittering away on his computer, doing this, doing that, and just through constant, you know, for, for lack of a better word, through constant abuse through social media and Twitter and all kinds of things, the fans got their voices heard. And, you know, eventually, you know, being that uh, HBO Max and Warners and all this stuff, they were, they were looking for something to try to grab some people's attention. Finally, Zack Snyder was like, listen, you know, let me put this out. Let, let, let's just do this. It's gotten more attention than anything else you guys have done on your own. And this is for a movie that hasn't even fucking ever come out. Um, the studio finally kind of heard that. They were like, you know what, not for nothing. It's had more retweets, more everything than anything else we've ever done. Um, so they said, okay. They gave him carte blanche to, to do what he had to do. They also gave him an additional $70 million. Uh, I believe the film cost like $300 million originally to make. They, gave him, they found another $70 million for him to do a couple of extra things. So, you know, he finished off some of the CGI he, uh, there's only, out of the entire film, there's only one new scene that was shot for it. You know, I know there was all kinds of talk. Oh, he reshot this, he did that, he did that. There's one scene, it is the very end of a very <laughs> long movie, okay, because Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League is a four-hour film. And two minutes what? to be oh. exact. Four hours <laughs> four. and two minutes. You are talking Holy Return shit. of the King extended edition length fucking movie and it's comparable to that um i will say this first and foremost this movie is a better film than the 2017 version um it tells the story better it gives better motivation to the characters it gives more depth. It gives more attention to certain characters, uh, which I loved. Uh, you know, the, the Ray Fisher, I think his name is, whoever plays Cyborg, he gets an entire story arc 
which is fantastic because here's a character that, yeah. you know, got very, very little fucking to do in the original cut of this movie. Um, yeah, he only had like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got, he's got an entire arc now, which is great. Um, they, they took, you know, Zack Snyder being Zack Snyder, took a lot of the humor that Whedon had interjected in there and toned it down, changed the score. Um, you know, is there an abuse of slow motion as per typical Zack Snyder stuff? Yes. Uh, if I really felt it. I say I've watched this now twice, and I really felt it the first time I watched it. Uh, this time, you know, knowing what I was going into, it really didn't bother me as much. Um, but there is, this is one of those films where, like I kind of said, like with the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings movies, if, like, you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you know, and you really love those Lord of the Rings, you know, the, the films when Peter Jackson first put them out, the theatrical movies, and you want more of that world, well, then that's what the extended editions were made for. They were made for you. You're going to get deeper into the lore. You're going to get funky songs, all kinds of stuff. But if you were simply a passing fan who just enjoyed that those films for what they were, you know, Oscar nominated types of movies and stuff like that, then you're plenty happy just watching what are pretty long films as it is with the theatrical versions of those movies. Um, this feels like a film that needs to be cut down to like maybe a three hour experience. Um, there are mm. scenes that just drag on long. There are scenes that are there that aren't building anything. They're not doing anything. There's just, they're just kind of like there because he had it and he just didn't want to take anything out. I guess because they said, Hey, listen, you can do what you want. He was like, I'm keeping everything that I, I put in there. <laughs> I was, I was surprised how much of the movie that Joss Whedon put out was Zack Snyder's, you know, being that they said so many changes, you know, were occur occurred with that. The story is still the same. The beginning to the end is still going to be the exact same journey. It's just, you're going to get there in a different way and you're going to find more motivations. You're going to get story building and stuff. Unfortunately, that was building towards other films that we're never going to get to see mm. because pretty much everybody, uh, pretty much it, it's, a done deal that he's not going to get to make anything further and you know it's it is what it is they they still have the flash movie coming out and all that stuff but i think you know whatever warner brothers and the dc films want to do they're going to do it their way now and Zack snyder is just not going to be a part of that um which again being well, where this film ends that that last sequence makes you really want more. Unfortunately, though, like I said, you got to go through a four-hour film just to get to that final sequence, which was fucking pretty rad. What were you going to say? <laughs> uh, now, on a side note, didn't you say, though, that there were some scenes where they didn't look as finished as the rest of the film? Like, almost like an, you know, almost like, like uh, Evil Dead, you know, Ashcan edition. Yeah, kind of, I mean, again, there were, there were points where the, the rendering might have been a little bit rough um specifically some of the, i i noticed that some of the extended stuff that seemed to occur during the uh during the uh the, the fucking Themyscira sequence um which you know i don't know if you remember from the 2017 version when uh steppenwolf comes down to take the mother box um and he fights all the yeah. amazon women and everything there were certain points of that that, uh, that, that there were, <laughs> you could definitely see, like, and as it was, even the original cut, 
it was pretty rough around the edges because I guess you know, yeah, Josh Whedon also didn't get to finish some of that. But it, you could definitely see that there were certain points of it that, that were not finished. That being said, again, Steppenwolf looks fantastic. You know, they gave him an That's entirely new right. suit. Um, he doesn't just look like a gray mess anymore. Um, he's got like this, this Transformer-esque like suit of armor around him. He doesn't look like the comic book character, but whatever. I mean, it, it worked, and it made him a more imposing character. Things that I like. The team dynamic works a lot better this time around. Um, the Flash seems to at least have a bit more confidence in what he can do and bring to this whole thing, as opposed to kind of always cowering in the corner and like, Hey, I don't really normally do this kind of thing. So what should I do? Like all of that was taken out. And instead we actually have heroes. Um, the one thing that I know I'm sure a lot of people are going to complain about if they try to tune in to see this is it is in a four, three ratio, which means you got black boxes on the side of your screen. Um, <laughs> This is how, you know, he wanted it done because, according to him, the idea was that this was going to be released in IMAX. And the main point, as far as what I've heard Zack Snyder say, is, is, like, he wants you to look at these characters on that screen and they should be towering over you. So, right. that's what it is. Sure thing, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't sure. know. Four, four, three, six, you four, three, 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 soon available on VHS Limited Edition. <laughs> Put the, sh- put the shit out in an aspect that fits most people's fucking televisions, bro. You know what I mean? Like, the reality is this isn't going to IMAX. The reality is, is nobody's going to see this, you know, unless they have a gigantic television that makes these characters tower above them. I've got a fairly big TV, so like thankfully you. it didn't really bother me all that much. But at the same time, too, it's like, man, those boxes are annoying. You know, might as well pull out an old tube TV, you know, just to, just to try to watch it that way. Should have. Right? I tried to do that alone once. The only one I have is sitting outside in front of my freaking driveway, and it's been rained on, snowed on, pissed on, shit on, and all kinds of other other things. But uh, but yes, again, so if if you if you're interested in seeing it, is is it worth the viewing? Yeah, I guess I guess so. If if you're a fan of the DC movies and and you want to see something that's a uh, a better version of what came out a couple of years ago, then go right on ahead. If you didn't care back then, you're obviously not going to care to watch a four-hour movie version of it now. So, you know, that, that, that's pretty much that. You're not, you're not missing anything. And apparently, from what I've heard of the numbers, very uh, it, it didn't do anything astronomical for HBO Max. So, you know, take that for, for what that is. I think they said something like it's like a 2.2 million or something like that, and that's just slightly over what I guess they got for fucking Falcon and Winter Soldiers, so that ain't fair and well for them either, for, for the Disney end of things, well, so... You know, for, as far as the as far as far the, the Justice League is concerned, like, four hours is a huge commitment of time. I, I don't feel that, you know, granted, still a lot of people are at home, but it, it might not be something where, oh, I am going to watch this thing right now because it's been released, like you might do with a 90-minute or two-hour movie, like... Four hours to carve out four hours of time to watch a film, like people might not be getting to it right away as far as the, the numbers, you know what I'm saying? Well, That's I think with all the hype going into it, they were expecting and projecting higher numbers, especially with all the, the amount of, again, social media response that they had been getting. But, you know, like I, I heard on one thing, you know, who made a great point. 
the majority of these same people that were all over social media and all this and all that, they're also the same people that fucking pirate films on a regular basis. So, you know, they're going to find ways to get this other than actually the, the legal venue of watching it through HBO Max. Um, the one thing I will say, though, also in uh, response to that, one of the original thoughts for this was that they were going to release this episodically. Um, and how Zack Snyder has structured the film, it actually is in six parts. Um, so you'll have like part one, you know, however long that runs, and then part two and so forth. Um, so theoretically, you could watch it and then stop it at the end of said part and then follow it up, you know, the next time you watch from that next part. Uh, you don't have like the ability, though, to go through it episodically as in like they don't have the the tabs for you to go through each part that way but it would be a way mm. to to do so um structure wise i see why they decided to to skew that because it didn't feel like um didn't feel like the parts were balanced you know like especially i want to say like part two and maybe part five or four one or the other it was uh, up again I, I was hyped for this man i watched this at like on thursday day of release and i started at like twelve thirty in the afternoon i caught myself dozing off like three times you're talking middle of the day i am as wide awake as possible with coffee and excitement and still found myself dozing off to this thing now i saw avengers endgame six times in the movie theaters Six times with a three-hour fucking film, and not one (laughs) time did I ever doze off watching that movie. So there are definite fucking lags in this movie that, you know, like, hey, Zach, (laughs) you know, again, edit, man. You could cut shit out, and it's okay. But, yeah, so, yeah, it, it is. It's a big commitment, and it's a big commitment for a movie that most people... If they remember the 2017 movie, they're not going to like it. So, But it is a different film. <laughs> well, there you go. As far All as right. the fan boys go, but everybody's saying it's the greatest fucking thing ever, and Ben Affleck's the best yeah, Batman yeah. ever, and Henry Cavill's the best Superman yeah. ever. And uh, Listen, man, you know everybody obviously has their own fucking opinions for everything. It doesn't mean your opinion's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to suggest uh, we table Marvel Talk until next week. So that we can Why? Let the, it's so fascinating. Um, Don't you guys want to talk about WandaVision <laughs> now next? No, actually, no, uh, no, no, no. WandaVision's over, and now there's Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I'm saying let's table that until next week so we have two episodes to talk about, like we did when we had WandaVision, as opposed so that we can now go into some horror news. How about you, Dean? What have you got, man? Oh, it's that time. Uh, yeah, it is, baby. Earn your money. Everybody loves. <laughs> everybody loves Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, how could you not be a fan? Everybody loves Raymond. America's charismatic. No, charismatic. <laughs> uh, quite the quite the talent in the kitchen. And now Netflix <laughs> teaming up with Ryan Murphy is going to be doing a ten scene. episode a ten episode Jeffrey Dahmer series is coming to Netflix with Ryan Murphy at the helm. Uh, and uh, American Horror Story and Ryan Murphy regular Evan Peters has been casted in the lead role. Again, this is going to be a 10-episode series, and it's going to span the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. Uh, No information on when this might hit uh, the streaming service, but it has been officially announced. 
looking forward to it. You know, I mean, I do like Evan Peters, but I just hope it's not a, mm-hmm. uh, just a blowjob fest or the killer, like the uh, Joe Berlinger movie for Ted Bundy was at Zac Efron. But show him how he is, and he's a, a killer. <laughs> don't, don't make me go, oh, he's adorable. Look how he kills those people and then cooks them on the stove. No. You know, he was a murderer. You know, and show it as such. You know, instead of hoping well, for it, yes. hoping they just, yeah. Okay. Oh, I was going to say yeah, but I mean, I think at the same time, what they do need to show, and what I think they were showing with the Zac Efron film, was how seductive the, the person himself could be, and hence why he got away with things for as long as he did. How he got so many women that he did, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what they're what they're going to really go with on it. And if they do, I think casting Evan Peters kind of works towards that. You know, now unfortunately, does that mean we're going to have once again a whole bunch of uh, swooning ladies talking about how? Uh, yep. Ooh, I would fuck Dahmer if he looked like that. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get that kind of stuff, which is just silly and preposterous because he liked boys and he liked yep. to eat them. Sorry, <laughs> both ways. Take, <laughs> take your Zac Efron, ladies. The HBK serial killers. <laughs> Dahmer did not like you. <laughs> you think he's cute. You know he's sexy. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Wow. It's like, boy. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, try to make, uh, you know, John Wayne Gacy sexy then. Yeah, you look, the ladies are attracted to clowns, it's possible. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But all right, moving on, Dean, what else you got? Uh, so many of you love the world of comic books, and uh, everybody has been excited about The Flash, uh, and there's been some casting uh, news in, in The Flash, and that casting news is that Billy Crudup is out, and Peter himself, Ron Livingston, has signed on to replace Billy Crudup in the character of Henry Allen, uh, who is the, the the father of the character Barry Allen in The Flash. So uh, some casting changes in The Flash, if you're a fan of The Flash, uh, that might be something uh, that interests you. Hmm. It's interesting. Any word why? Uh, no, I did not see any word why, just that uh, there was a casting change. Hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, but not a good enough casting change. They should have just pulled, the fl- again, the flash from the CW, man. <laughs> That's my opinion. <laughs> but again, well, we've been there. Uh, well, again, man, you know, like I said, the Zack Snyder cut, I'll tell you now, Ezra Miller plays a lot better in the new version of the movie. Um, he's one of the other characters. Him... And uh, and Cyborg both they they play much 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 better than they did in the Whedon version of the film. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's an interesting because what they did also do in the in the Snyder cut is they introduced the Iris character, which is um, Flash's love interest. Um, so right. I know she is casted in the uh, the upcoming Flash movie. So I'm just surprised to see that they're uh, that they're going to pull the dad. And, you know, he's obviously you know, still in this version of the I, movie. I have done some some quick research, and my quick research tells me uh, that Billy Crudup needed to exit The Flash due to 
scheduling conflicts with Apple TV Plus's The Morning Show. Oh, good. Well, so then, you're going to leave it for a fucking show that nobody's going to see because nobody watches Apple <laughs> TV Plus. Good luck, pal. <laughs> Maybe he's getting hey, paid more money. Who knows? That's okay. right. Not me for one. Yeah, but now he's not going to get an action figure. <laughs> well, he's already fucking, uh, what's his name, man? Dr. Manhattan with his blue dick, dude. From uh, the Washington. Russell Hammond from Stillwater. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Stillwater. But, you know, he, he's got his Dr. Manhattan fucking action figure complete with black dick. Uh, Guitar blue player dick. with the <laughs> Blue and black again. <laughs> All right. So what else do you have, dude? So in the world of The Walking Dead, the, the current uh, bonus episodes are churning along. But uh, if you think back, and I remember the commercials for this vaguely, and, uh, but also did not watch it, uh, back during season six of The Walking Dead, uh, they were promoting uh, a six, uh, sh- like short episode uh, complimentary web series. Uh, that mm-hmm. was called Flight The Walking Dead Flight 462 uh, that took place yep. on an airplane. Um, I didn't watch it, uh, but it was one of these little Walking Dead kind of tie-ins. And like, like back around that time, like Walking Dead was kind of like at its peak of powers. Um, the Fear of the Walking Dead series uh, has, is continuing along, and they are moving into their sixth season, and they've announced that they are going to have a tie-in uh, scripted digital series uh, to go along with season six of Fear the Walking Dead. And this actually sounds kind of interesting to me because it's going to be referred to as Dead in the Water, and it's going to be taking place in the submarine. Um, so that, I don't know, that kind of, sounds kind of, kind of, kind of cool to me. Um, so maybe I'll keep my eyes open for, for, for when that one is uh, coming out. But like, you know, the Walking Dead still trying to be creative with little offshoots and 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 such in, in the greater Walking Dead universe. So, you know, we talk about that show. Um, <laughs> just figured I would throw that out there because I saw it. Sounds like an interesting concept. We all live in a zombie submarine. A zombie submarine. A zombie submarine. We. <laughs> There's not a lot of room on. <laughs> there's not a lot of room on submarines, man. It's like where the fuck are you gonna fucking hide if they have a zombie outbreak on a submarine? Well, that's just the thing. Like the claustrophobia and the close quarters, uh, you know, is just what kind of what makes it interesting. You know, even though characters in like the main Walking Dead, uh, you know, have moved locations several times. If you really go back and look to like the first season, they've really been kind of just moving back and forth up the same little stretch of highway that they always use for the last ten years. But um, you know, to to take it down to take it down beneath the sea, uh, like there is nowhere to go uh, on a submarine. So uh, apparently, I would imagine uh, that unless they can get it to the surface and like man overboard, that there's it, only a matter of time until everyone on the sub- submarine is is a, is a walk. So um, I feel like there's the the potential for some excitement, and um, you know, I don't know. I just I think that sounds like a, like a cool one. It could be. You know, I'd like to live underneath the sea in a undead zombie garden in the shade, maybe. <laughs> Potential? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see. All right. So what do you have else, Uh There's some more small screen news. Um, we've been kind of following the saga 
of the Chucky TV series um, as it continues to, you know, follow its path uh, to, to the screen. Uh, and while previously it's been announced that uh, Brad Dourif and Jennifer Tilly are returning um, and other cast members have signed on, including uh, Devin Sawa, uh, it has finally been announced that Fiona Dourif uh, has signed on to play her character of Nika, who was featured in the film Cult of Chucky. And since this uh, series is being uh, framed as a continuation of the movie series, uh, I guess people have been wondering uh, if the Nika character was going to return, and uh, now they can rest easy because Fiona Dorf has signed on to join the Chucky series. Well, she was also in Curse of Chucky. Curse and Cult. Two. Thank you for that extra detail, Kate. Well, I watched both. That's why he's the king. <laughs> I, I know. And we, we, we recognize his kingness. Always his sorry. kingness? Yeah. <laughs> I like Curse better than Cult. Um, Curse was too, but uh, she was good. So, uh, yeah, no, I, can, mm-hmm. I can see why fans would want to want to see more of her in there. It would make sense if it's, if it's following the lore. Yeah. Look forward to see you check along. I mean, I always loved Devin Sala, so good to see him, you know, continue and get work. Chucky. On Sci-Fi, coming soon. Is his kid kid going to be in there pissing his pants again? (laughs) (laughs) Zip it up, kid. (laughs) I mean, his son or daughter or whatever it was, it was like cross-dressing. Kid, I don't know. Glenn, I think his name uh, was. It was weird. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, in, uh, yeah, Seed of Chucky. Uh, Glenda, who didn't want to kill, but... And he had a British accent for some reason. I was like, what is he, yeah. guy? Yes, yes. Again, I mean, you know, look, the, that movie for me started at, like, a, at a high point and, like, just descended. Like, it was like a solid, like, just roller coaster, but not fun, you know? But, like, any movie that starts with, like, a doll in, like, a, in a nightmare sequence being told you're pissing your pants, you're pissing your pants, I, I was fucking dying. I thought that that was going to be, like, the level of comedy throughout the whole entire movie, and unfortunately, it just it didn't, didn't. It wasn't able to sustain. No, no. I mean, like we forgot John Waters in that. Oh. Um, hey, John Waters in this movie, so it was fun. Doctor, you know, by Chucky, but so tuned for that. Uh, all right, Dean, so what's next? Uh, staying uh, with some more uh, news in uh, the small screen, a couple more things in the world of television and streaming services. Uh, Disney Plus uh, had originally stated uh, that they were planning a this as just a theatrical release. Uh, but they have announced now that on July 9th, they will be releasing Black Widow simultaneously on Disney Plus as well as in the theaters. And uh, coming on May 28th, they announced the same plan uh, for their their Cruella. Uh, So they have been stating that they were planning theater-only releases, but now those will hit uh, Disney Plus the same day they hit the theater. Hmm. For an additional cost. It's about time. You're going to have to pay. Yeah, 
I was being in Wonder Woman, like what I was in that. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like fifty to seventy dollars, you know, for those if you want to watch them at home. But to go to the theater. It's it's like an additional twenty to thirty bucks, I think it is. Whatever it is, it's like they have like a premium premium access. They did it with uh, Mulan, and uh, I forget they they did it, oh that uh, you watched the movie uh, Monkey Raya and the Spirit of the Dragon uh, or whatever that that movie was. Yeah, Ryan the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did that on there as well, where it was like, you know, if you, if you pay the additional 20 bucks or whatever it is, you get, like, access to that. And, I, I mean, if it was a, uh, I don't know, maybe if they did a thing where, like, you know, hey, pay an additional, like, 10 bucks per month, and maybe you'd get, like, mm-hmm. every month they'd do something to that effect. Maybe then I'd buy into it. But, like, I didn't do it with Mulan. I didn't do it with Raya. I might do it with Black Widow only because I've been waiting so damn long to see the movie. Um, but but really, like, I, like I, I've been against the whole home access thing that they've been doing, like, on Xbox and everything, where, like, you know, a movie comes out and you can rent it for $20, you know, and... It's like, nah, you know what, I'll just, just wait it out and watch it, you know, and buy it when it comes out for fucking sale for 14 and 12, well, even at 20 bucks, you know? <laughs> like Wonder Woman 84, like, you know, just because I'm a, you know, I have to have my entire collection, like, I'm going to buy it, it's $20, you know? Do, do I want to? No. I mean, I could, you know, you can watch it, or I, I don't know if it's still available <laughs> on HBO Max, but, you know, I have to have it because I have all the other DC movies and such. Do I want to? No, because it was horrible, but I have to. Because I need to have my comic book movies. I'm going to hold off until it's hopefully a little bit cheaper. I'm pissed off. I ended up buying that fucking Monster Hunter movie just because it was like, you know, I was like in the mood to watch something like just dumb and, you know, I figured, listen, stupid fun. It's, you know, you mean the Mia Jovovich one based on the video game? Yes, yes, you know, and it's just, again, big monsters, they looked pretty, and, you know, I, I know she's at least good for some entertainment in the first installment of stuff, um, and, you know, I won't say I was disappointed, you know, it was a $20 purchase, though, and I, I, I got, it wow. was more fun, more fun than that movie deserved to be, that's what I'll say about it, it actually was quite really? entertaining, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, I really didn't expect to, I think I went in with such low expectations that the movie defied them, and like, it's a video game property I've never even bothered playing, um, so it's not even like I really knew much about it, like, I know the basic, uh, basic premise of the, of the games, you know, kill shit, take what you get from the shit, build better shit, to fucking fight bigger shit, um, yeah, can you, can you describe and, that one more time? Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, but, I, but no. that is what the premise is. You know, fight shit, kill shit, take shit from shit, to then make shit yeah. to fight bigger shit. There we go. I actually got it. Um, I might have even added to it that time. But, you know, what pissed me off is that this week they fucking dropped it down to like twelve ninety nine, And I'm like, you know, motherfuckers, you sold that shit for like two weeks at fucking 20 bucks. Nobody bought, bought it but me. So now you fucking lowered the cost for everybody else. Well, again, just stress patience. All right. But I, I know the property just because both my sons have been playing those games for a long, long fucking time. <laughs> 
Like, uh, yeah, it's like my my son's been playing that like since I think PlayStation Two. <laughs> yeah, I have it through uh, Game Pass on Xbox. I just, I think I even have it on. You know, and I was part of the PlayStation Plus, uh, one of the games that yeah, one of like the twenty or so games that they gave you when you got a PS Five, and uh, they gave you a bunch of PS Four games free with it. Um, but uh, but yeah, again, I haven't. Like I have it loaded. It's just one that I've never, never bothered playing. It's like the the Avengers game. They finally put the fucking update through on PS5 for the PS5 version of the Avengers game, and I've been waiting. You know, like I never bothered playing the PS4 version of it. I was like, fuck that. I have a PS5. They're gonna do an update to the damn game. They're gonna graphically overhaul the whole fucking thing. Blah 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 blah. Give me extra shit. It finally came through. It fucking took forever to download. And have I played it yet? No. Every time Maybe. I turned it on once. I turned it on. I was like, ooh, I'm going to play just, it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. And then I was like, nah. Maybe nah. just maybe <laughs> at the conclusion of tonight's episode of Talking Terror, you should treat yourself to some entertainment time and play one of your new video games that you haven't played before. No, no. Instead, I keep running around the same fucking Elder Scroll Online game as various characters <laughs> with inappropriate names. Time and time just, and time just, again. Just, just trying to get banned off the boards for your names. <laughs> just to see if they did not well you know what it is, is I'm smart I, pl- I play it where I stay at least within the, the the reality of the world of this game so like any of my like my racist phrases actually have to do with in game stuff you know pertaining to like the actual races within the game even though I am using terminology that would work horribly in our real world here so but it's, it's just fun <laughs> People like to throw things at me at times and shit. It's funny. <laughs> All right. Terrorist. So anyway, so moving on. What else do we have? Um, also, uh, in the world of Netflix, uh, not long ago, Bird Box was all the rage, uh, especially with idiots running around blindfolding themselves and walking into walls and crashing their cars. But anyway, uh, apparently, I know, right? uh, <laughs> while, while Bird Box came... Uh, from a novel of which there is now a sequel, there has been no word on whether the sequel is going to become a film, but uh, there, ha- there is big plans uh, within Netflix for, for the, the universe of Bird Box, and what they've been doing is they have been planning to make Bird Box spin-off films that take place around the globe and, you know, featuring... Uh, you know, the results of whatever it was that happened in Bird Box, of which I don't know because I have not seen it. So the no. first of these films is going to be uh, filming in Spain. It's going to take place in Spain, Fil- filming in Spain, uh, you know, Spanish cast. Brain fall um, mainly on the plane. And that will begin filming uh, later this year. So they're looking to turn this into like a global property and wherever it ends up that the next film in the series is in the global scale, uh, it will become a production of that particular country, which I guess is a pretty cool concept. Um, but I, I don't know whether it's something I'm into because I have not read nor seen Bird Box. Nope. Sounds like British slang for a vagina. Actually, you actually you're right. You know, because they they go around calling, the calling spread of legs, hot, you know, in the bird box. And <laughs> no, but it's bad. It's bad. Sixties company he's slang to call a hot chick a bird. 
It is, yeah. And she's got a hot box. So like, hey, bring the bird box over here. Let me see what you got between the ten and Wembley's. I'd love to see that movie. Oh, oh you feeling Randy, baby? <laughs> you want me to hit that bird box? Bring <laughs> your blind fucking ass over here. I'm gonna be ready tonight. Never seen that bird box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on from the bird box. I, moving on from the bird box, but staying in the world of Netflix, because I feel like there's so many things about the small screen uh, this week. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I certainly didn't, because I am not one small screen uh, that world. has really uh, much of a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world of comics and anime. Um, but what I did learn was earlier this month, Boom Studios uh, put out the first issue of their uh, comic, uh, their anime comic uh, called Berserker, uh, which was written by. Would you like uh, to suck my cock? <laughs> Berserker. Uh, written by somebody named Matt Kent, but also uh, co-written by Keanu Reeves, and this Berserker. Uh, comic, uh, features an immortal warrior uh, who has been around for 80,000 years, um, you know, fi- fighting violent battles all along the way and is now uh, needed by the United States government to take part in some violent and blood-soaked mission that no one else is suitable for. It came out earlier this month. And with that being said, uh, Netflix has already... Uh, optioned uh, the rights uh, and has signed Keanu Reeves to star uh, in a live action version of this comic anime um, Berserker. So uh, the the violence and blood soaked violence uh, appeals to me, and I hope that they uh, you know bring that to a, a live action uh, version. Does it? So I don't know if anybody's you? heard of this before. Uh, Wait, you know, it, it appeals fan. to you, but. Did, did you watch The Boys? Because that too is blood soaked and violent. We still no, have, I have not, not watched The Boys, have we? I have not watched The Boys. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell you to watch The Boys. Did I watch The Boys? Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> I should watch The Boys. You should definitely watch The Boys. It's a, unless, it's a series unless, or it's a movie? It's a series. It's a series on Amazon, probably. Where can. One, where can one view The Boys? On Amazon. Amazon Prime. On Amazon. So on yep. Amazon, there's a series called The Boys. All right. I will, uh, I will make no promises, of course, but I will <laughs> announce that if, oh. the ghoul, if the ghoul plays his video games for the first time tonight, <laughs> I will watch the first episode of The Boys. Oh, that's black man. You can't do that. Because <laughs> you know well, so the the boys versus the Avengers is what we're boiling down to. Is that right? Here's the problem. Yes. It's, a, it's a crossover. I have a job to go to tomorrow, man. So I got to wake so up in the morning. So, so, so as soon as, Okay, but if I get sucked into the video game world, it's going to be an hour just to get through the fucking prologue of the game. So and then I'm not going to watch one or is two Is it an hour to watch an episode of The Boys? Yes. Yes, uh, uh Yeah. Well, it, it also is only me. eight o'clock when the show, it's also only eight o'clock here when the show ends. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, you're on California time. <laughs> it's eleven here, man. 
like I'm I'm past that one. You know, I, I I've been hearing and watching, like you kind of keep my finger on the pulse of this whole berserker thing and everything. And it's like one of those where, because you know, Keanu's been attached to a couple different things, or at least you know, rumored to be attached to a couple of things for a while. We were supposed to be getting him as Moon Knight uh, from the Marvel universe, which is kind of like Marvel's answer to Batman. Um, yeah, it and is. then you know there was slight. And I mean, it was like the slightest of rumors that he was possibly going to be the next Wolverine, um, which kind of oh, brings me back to this Berserker character because, like, you know, like I saw the cover uh, of the one issue, at least the, the the one piece of artwork I keep seeing of the character, and it looks like Wolverine. It looks like Weapon X's Wolverine, and it's fucking called Berserker. <laughs> which Wolverine's whole big thing is his berserker rage. So, like, uh, everything, like, that I've seen of this just makes me think, like, this is just some kind of fucking, like, bad Wolverine ripoff. Um, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I, I really am. I hope that whatever this is, it ends up surprising me. You know, like, I'm not going to read it because I don't collect fucking comic books anymore. But uh, I will watch it when it comes out because I like Keanu Reeves, and hopefully he just doesn't look terribly old in it. Yeah, but on the flip side, I'm going to sit there and take all of this with a grain of salt because the last project that he was involved in totally fucking tanked. Looking at you, Cyberpunk 2049, okay, <laughs> the video game where they had to fucking recall it because it was so fucking bugged and fucked up. Oh, all right, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's only on old generation consoles. The PC version of that game is phenomenal. Um, as long as you have a high-end PC that can run that game. The problem is Xbox One and PS4 cannot run that game, and they just have not announced the Xbox Series X or the PS5 date yet for it, but supposedly there's no problems with the game on those systems. It's just a matter of them getting out to everybody. But yeah, they gave refunds to people with the Xbox One and the PS4 version because it was broken. I still have friends yeah. that say that they've had updates and shit. It's really, it's not as bad as everybody made it sound to be, supposedly. I guess it just crashed a lot, which was annoying. Oh, no, 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 Okay, because on the flip side, I have a coworker who bought it on the Xbox One, and he said he beat it three times to get three different endings. But it, it was a long, dragged-out process because the game kept crashing on him the entire fucking time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. I got you know, like I said, I got a coworker that plays, and you know, he says like, "Are there bugs? Yes. Does it crash? Yes." But it has gotten better, and everything I I know that I've read on it is just that uh, you know, from from all the the review sites and shit like that, like you know, it's the PC version is the the only one that was like the feasible version to play, and possibly when the fucking next gen versions come out. But you know, whenever that happens is when it's going to happen. Sometimes one right. is all they're saying. <laughs> all right. So what else do you got, right, Dean? Well, it's the year. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Ryan Murphy has announced that for the first time, the upcoming season of American Horror Story uh, is going to be what he is calling a double feature. Uh, the upcoming season of... American Horror Story is going to feature two separate stories taking place in two separate settings. Uh, You know, teasers that have been uh, released thus far have featured images of beaches 
and the sea and like a human mouthful of sharp teeth. So people thought that perhaps uh, mermaids might be involved, uh, but and maybe that still might be the case. Uh, but also notable for the upcoming season, which is the 10th season, is the fact that there's going to be graphic sex taking between Macaulay Culkin and Kathy Bates. Um, but there's going to be two separate stories uh, and two separate settings, a double feature of American Horror Story. Hmm. But I can't see what I was asking. I quiver with anticipation. <laughs> you should, as you should. Scramagraf. I don't know, man. I, I like my last, like, picture of Macaulay Culkin being in Party Monster as Michael Alec. <laughs> um, and that, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm good. I'm probably going to watch this season of AHS, um, but you know, again. Party Monsters is the last thing I've seen the kid in, and I, I really enjoy that movie a lot. Um, and yeah, so that just died. That. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. not McCullough. He's still alive. He's got to do a sex thing. That's got to no, the, the the guy from Party Monsters. Yeah, the real guy. <laughs> yes, Michael Alec. <laughs> What's next, Dave? Uh, finally, uh, Annie. Matichak, who played Allison Strode in the Halloween 2018, uh, who is returning for Halloween Kills, uh, was interviewed uh, by the Boo Crew. I don't know who the Boo Crew are, uh, if they're a the podcast or what. What's that? Yep. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast. From the oh, well, there you have it. Uh, and she wants everyone to know that... <laughs> Michael Myers locking him up in a fiery blaze at the end of 2018 uh, has really set him off uh, in a quest for revenge. Uh, And uh, it's going to be brutal and there's going to be next level retaliation. Uh, She said that, uh, you know, Halloween 2018 uh, needed a little time Uh, to build some of the story up, especially for new viewers that might have needed uh, to be brought up to speed. But she said, for this, fans are going to be very happy uh, that this upcoming Halloween Kills is going to be wasting no time uh, jumping right into the action. So, uh, you know, more of this continued stream of information about how how much action and violence and brutality is is coming uh, with Halloween Kills. So... Uh, you know, it remains to be seen if this is going to be the case. Uh, but we're, you know, with every day that passes, we get yet another day closer. Uh, yeah, again, another, more promises. That, <laughs> yeah. More hype, more hype, more hype. This is in a wolf I'm going in with very low expectations for Halloween Kills. I still hate that title. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just the fact that they're promoting it so hard as being like the best one and so violent and so, man, Michael is on a tear. All right. We'll see. Coming out, you know, this August, so, I mean, this October, rather. So, we'll see. you know, I'm not going in there thinking it's going to be the greatest slasher I've ever seen because that's Halloween 78. Yeah, I think okay, it's going to be the greatest slasher you've ever seen. Uh, you know, they've just been touting – like uh, the level of violence that we are going to see, which, you know, if we think about it traditionally, as far as like 
the 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 main like original Michael Myers story movies, not the like the Rob Zombie ones, like the on screen, uh, the actual with the exception of maybe part five where there was a much higher body count. Uh, the on screen graphic violence has not really been like a major hallmark of the series. There was a few a uh, few more than the original in part two, um, some in part four, then part five up the ante, but like. You know, it sounds like they're talking the type of graphic violence that that is not usual for the for the Halloween series as a whole. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, I mean, it's you know, the, the Halloween movies shouldn't be a hallmark for gore. They shouldn't be a hallmark for bloody deaths and gore all over the place, like we're going to get into in a minute with Blood Beast. But you know, it, it's supposed to be about a stalking killer in suspense. You know, but of course, Halloween 2 and 81 had to up the ante because already you had Friday 13th Part 1 and 2 come out, so they had to up the ante with the deaths. And yeah, Part 4, thumb to the head of, you know, an EMT driver. So, I mean, it's, you know, they have to escalate things a little bit. But, uh, you know, Carpenter getting his paycheck saying, this is the greatest slasher since mine. You know, all right, well, we'll see. <laughs> but well, I mean, when people come in so hard, it's tough. I mean, here's a question, though. There's obviously been more films portraying Michael Myers as a bloody murderer than films I'm that a- show him as the stalking murderer. I'm even excluding the zombie films. You know, if we, we could take those out of the okay. equation, you still have more films that show him more as a typical slasher horror villain. Then, you know, because, I mean, there's only really the only the only one that does it, you know, correctly, in my opinion, is the original film. Um, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. so that's kind of why, I, I don't know, I look at all the sequels as kind of being shit. Well, that's because <laughs> with part two of Film 81, Rick Rosenthal shot a movie that was very much in line with Halloween 78, and John Carpenter said, fuck this. <laughs> Slashers are bloody now. You know, we need to see the blood. We need to see the gore. So he went in and we shot a lot of things for that movie because he said that Rosenthal's cut was kind of boring. You know, it was more of Michael being a stalker and more about suspense. And Carpenter was at this level of, like, we got to amp it up. You know, we got to show that stuff. So that's why we get the cut that we did. And then, you know, moving on with, with part four in 88, the slasher had already kind of died down at that point. So yeah, Michael's got to amp it up a little bit, but he still needs to go back to where he's comfortable, which is as a stalking killer. And you know, that's what he is. And he could appear anywhere, behind a bush, behind a house. And, you know, you don't know where he's going to pop up, and that's what made that 78 version so great. He's a man, but then again, there's a supernatural quality to him that you couldn't go back to. because <laughs> He's a mad baby. <laughs> this isn't a man. It's people on two legs. Michael! <laughs> you, know, you just need to wrap it up. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing it, you know, in October, but I, I, I don't think this is going to change my mind and be like, man, like, this is the movie I've been waiting for my entire life. I do look forward to the flashbacks of 78 and seeing the original, you know, Shatner mask and seeing how they handle that. I don't want to see G.I. Willis. I know that that's been teased, but yeah, I just, I, I just want a good film. Just do better than 2018, because that movie was just a letdown for me. They should just blend the two fucking things together, man, and just bring Malcolm McDowell back as Loomis, but have him play it as Donald Pleasance's Loomis. Just have him be just bald with a goatee. 
Bloody hell, Michael, where are you? Get your ass get your ass away from there. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Get back to Fisker. What did I tell you about escaping? You can't do that, Michael. I'm your doctor. <laughs> so we'll see. But we go from the prototype for the slashers in 1978 with Halloween to what is considered the first splatter film in 1963 was Blood Feast, directed by Herschel Gordon Lewis. So, Ghoul, this is your pick, so why don't you hit us with your thoughts and the synopsis? Yes, please do. Uh, oh, oh, I certainly will. Thank you, Gene. Um, Thank you, Ghoul. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Blood Feast, I mean, My pleasure. The, the name of the movie kind of <laughs> tells you exactly what you're getting with it. It's uh it's it's a planned feast that involves blood. Um, I've been on a bit of a you know, like I don't know, I guess I'm just getting bored with all this fucking having to stay in all the time and having nothing else to fucking do. Uh so, you know, besides going on my, my, my tear of buying all these Star Wars books and everything, I, I ended up starting <laughs> to to build up like this collection of I don't know, just, just horror films that I've wanted to see forever. You can't find them digitally, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm finally going to buy some physical media as much as, you know, it pains me to do so. I, uh, uh, you know, I went and did it. So, like, I ended up getting my hands on, you know, fucking Serbian film and, uh, you know, a couple others that, that are considered, you know, controversial movies or, you know, so bad. That's why nobody carries them or are they just bad? You know, who knows? Sallow or 120 Days of, of Sodom and stuff like that. Uh, those films, I am going to eventually, uh, you know, make the call and we're, we're going to cover them here on the show. Uh, I just have a very particular person that I'm going to have watching these films with me <laughs> because being that I am so <laughs> jaded by all of the horror films that I've watched over the years, as are all three of you as well, um, mm-hmm. I have a person who's a friend of mine who pretty much cringes at the sight of any blood on screen. Um, you know, to the point where it almost makes him cry. Um, and he's not a child. He's not a teenager. He's like a 28-year-old man. Um, he just has very, very limited, like, movie experience in general and has little to no horror movie experience. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty much going to just, just, you know, let him choke up, do whatever rips he's going to do, dabs, smoke, fucking edibles, however he's going to do it. But then I'm going to pretty much force his eyes to stay open and witness those horrible films with me so that at least I have that opinion as well to go with my own at that given time. So while doing all of this, one of the films that, you know, constantly gets, you know, brought up and into the mix of all this is, like you said, the, the, the film that, that created the splatter genre, uh, Blood Feast. Uh, I had never seen this, um, but I did. I ended up picking it up on Blu-ray. Uh, there were a couple variations of it. I, I found one that I guess is, a, you know, supposedly, I guess, the cleanest picture and all this and that. Um, I know it's on 2B TV. I could have just streamed it that way. Um, but you know what? I actually took the disc out of the box and I placed it inside what? of my Xbox Series X and I watched what? a Blu-ray disc. <laughs> yes, I, I 
physically got up off my couch, moved no all way. four feet that it takes me to get to that Xbox, down on my hands and Quite knees, the you know, like the penitent man that I am, <laughs> and I placed the film in the box <laughs> to watch it. So, that being said, uh, my thoughts on it. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm kind of disappointed, and it's probably because of all the other films that I've seen over the years, and even something that we recently covered on this show. I think it was one of the Dean's picks, Blood Diner, which obviously has, has a lot, a lot of love for this movie, because that film and this film are pretty much the same exact movie. Um, it's just an 80s version of it. So, yeah, it's like a spiritual sequel, if you want to call it that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess aside from that, let's, let's go around the horn and see what you guys thought. All right. Dean, what do you think Thank about you. Blood Feast? So when this pick, Blood Feast, was announced, uh, I had to do some thinking. I had to think back because uh, I knew I had seen one of either Blood Feast or 2000 Maniacs, uh, another Herschel Gordon Lewis feature. And I just couldn't remember which one because it had been quite some time. And uh, it turns out uh, very quickly, I realized that I had not seen this one before, that it was 2000 Maniacs that I have seen. And uh, while I can certainly appreciate uh, some of the gore effects used, especially from the time this film was created, I, too, found myself to be uh, a bit let down, one, given its standing uh, in the world of gore and, and, and this genre, but also storyline-wise, and, you know, we'll talk about all these aspects during our discussion, but I found the story as it developed did not play out in the fashion uh, that I was kind of hoping or expected it to, uh, so... Uh, you know, that is kind of, you know, where I was kind of disappointed, the, 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 the direction of the story. So, uh, so those are my, my initial thoughts on, on Blood Feast by Herschel Gordon. Okay. Mark, what do you think about Blood Feast? All right, man. Well, look, if we go by what Chip, you know, said in Serial Mom, all right, Blood Feast is the Citizen Kane of gore movies, okay? This is the thing that started the gore movies. This is the thing that's there and put it all out there. Go, I fucking love that you picked this fucking movie, all right? Because a couple years ago, I needed some horror movies because I was in the middle of a huge-ass art project, and I was like, King, you know, give me some shit. And King said, here, watch the fucking Blood Trilogy. I was like, what's this? He said, just fucking watch it, all right? And yeah, it was... Blood Feast, 2000 Maniacs, and then my personal favorite, you know, Color Me Blood Red. Um, that's my favorite out of the trilogy. But, yeah, this entire trilogy, you know, is just fun. You know, it's just silly, over the top, you know. But you got to understand that someone, you know, this is someone that's coming from making really, really bad chick flicks. You know, girls just bouncing around with the boobs and all that kind of stuff to trying to make the transition into the next thing to shock people, the next thing to entertain people, you know, and they're trying to go somewhere that no one's gone before. So, yeah, like, yeah, we are all jaded in what we do here. You know, it's like, it's that's what we do. Um, <laughs> watch horror movies and, you know, rip, rip them up, take them apart, all that kind of stuff. But then, 
you get these where it's like, you know, these milestones, and we have to recognize the milestones that they are of just creating new territory in the horror genre. So, you know, me, I take it with a grain of salt. You know, I take the bad acting with a grain of salt because at the same time, they're going into completely uncharted territories. There were no guidebooks, you know, on this. They were like, just sprawl and throw this shit all over the walls, and let's see how it goes just so we can just shock the living fuck out of people. And me personally, it's like the effects, I personally would have been like, oh, you know, you could have done some things, some easy, easy, cheap, super cheap shit to make this stuff you know, work better on screen, but apparently it worked enough because this, you know, this mad cash off of, you know, them attempting something completely new on on, on a minimal budget and a paid-off huge form. All right, King, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I had seen Blood Feast back when I, you know, I was in middle school, all because of the, the box cover. Because like a lot of horror fans like myself, you know, you go off of those rentals because of the big clamshell box art. So that's why, you know, Monkey, I did recommend the Blood Trilogy to you because back when I was young, that was what appealed to me was the box covers. And Blood Piece is one of them. Color Me Blood Red in 2000 Maniac. Um, but with Blood Piece, like you were saying, Monkey, the movie was shot for 24500 bucks and it made $4 million, you know, in its initial box office you know, revenue. So it was a huge hit for Shepard Lewis, who was known for nudie cuties at the time. One of his most famous ones was uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, B-A-R-E-S. Um, so that's what he was known for. But before, <laughs> he was mad. He, he was mad. He made, like Romero, he just shot commercials, and he just did that. But he saw Psycho in 1960 with David Friedman, his producer, and said, what if we did a movie, but like with Psycho, they kind of show you what happens, but not all of it. What if we shot this movie in color and showed you everything? Like, we're not going to cut away from the gore. We're going to show you tongues getting cut out. We're going to show you legs getting cut off. We're going to show you eyes being bloodied. He wanted to do that because he knew that the drive-in circuit was where you needed to be. That's where all the teenagers were going to go, the drive through you know, the drive-in theaters. They were going to go, and they were going to make out and have fun. So let's have fun and do a splatter film. And that's where Blood Feast came about. And, you know, the story, yeah, it's minimal. You know, it's only an hour and seven-minute movie. And I think that works to the betterment of the movie because you don't need a really long story for this. You're there for the kills. You're there to see what Fod Ramsey's can do. And yeah. it, it sells. Comparing it to what today's standards are for gore, yeah, I can see what people be like, oh, man, like, I've seen so much better. But this is 1963. And it's cutting out tongues, cutting up legs. And putting you know body parts in the ovens, you know people weren't prepared for this type of shock. I think no, my uh, point, one right? thing I, I want to say is, is I'm sorry, just real quick on this one, Dean. Um, right, my disappointment isn't with necessarily the movie itself, nor the gore <laughs> that it portrays. I think what ended up disappointing me more than anything else is, I guess the hype. And the 
the way people speak about this film put a different image in my head, I guess, of what I was expecting to see. Um, when I look at it from the perspective of saying, hey, this came out in 63, there was nothing like it at the time, absolutely, I could see where this would be a shocking movie for audiences. But honestly, I was from what everything I had heard about this movie, I was expecting something more along the lines of, like, dead alive not with maybe its tone and everything, but with the amount of gore involved with it. Um, you know, especially because, you know, like I, I try to go into everything without spoilers, but like I had used one picture to throw up on Instagram and it was the picture of, you know, the dismembered girl on the table, Trudy. And it was like, yeah. okay, I mean, if this, this is what we're going into, fucking A, man, if this is just one still shot, I can't wait to see everything else that's going to go on in this movie. And that by far is probably like the, the goriest part of the entire film. Uh, All right, Dean, what were you going to say? Um, not as, as lengthy as what the ghoul had just said, but, you know, in my initial statements, I just want to clarify that what I did said was that what I did say was that for, for the time period, I certainly appreciated, uh, the gore effects, um, you know, and completely understand how they completely groundbreaking were, they were for the time. Um, and, you know, I hadn't thought of it this way, but like the ghoul said, I was not expecting like dead alive, uh, quality of effects i didn't think there would be some more than than what was portrayed and as far as the runtime i just i wanted to come in that too like there's a case where yes i feel that the the short runtime benefited the movie but for a film that was only an hour and seven minutes uh there were certainly times where i, I felt uh that it was longer it felt to me longer than an hour and seven minutes that those were all the police station moments <laughs> when we had the bad yeah. the, the bad porn bad porn acting and again no muffling on the sounds from the walls you know but he I mean, sounds about right <laughs> and it's, yeah but yeah but but again it's like you know first time of this stuff happening you know he didn't realize that you know you know, Lewis didn't realize that this would actually become a big, big thing and be as successful, successful as it was. You know, they were just trying something different. You know, they're like, "Fuck it, let's, let's actually show it and see what happens. Let's see if we can actually upset some people." <laughs> it's like Ozzy, yeah. you know, <laughs> going, you know, "Fuck the hippies, let's just make some scary music." <laughs> and he he worked it so well, like William Castle, where. When the movie was first announced and released in the drive-ins and everything like that, he had vomit bags released to people. You know, if you, if you can't handle this, here's a vomit bag. And then David Friedman in Sarasota, Florida, actually went and did an injunction against this movie himself just to get hyped for the movie. You know, he filed an injunction and said, this movie cannot be shown. You know, there is just so much going on. It is illegal. Like, you know, and, and, and the judge should stop this. Because he wanted people to be like, what the fuck is this movie? What is, what is blood feet? We have to see what this movie is. And, you know, it was the marketing aspect of it that really sold what it would become. And, and the first splatter film, like we had said. But, um, you know, story-wise, yeah, you have Fouad Ramsey, who is just a catering guy. But he's already killing people, you know, in the opening of the movie. In the opening, there's a girl in the bathtub, and she gets her leg cut off. And I love the, the newspaper that they're showing in the movie because when you look at the newspaper, it says, girl, legs cut off. But if you look at the side articles, 
One of them is 12 prisoners beat me, says Nazi prisoner, and also beer city horse. So it was, Fuck, man. You know, you made the same notes as me. Fuck you. Because <laughs> I was making notes in the newspaper as well <laughs> about <laughs> 12 people beat me. No, no not, Nazi, Nazi charged. <laughs> Nazi charges is what it says. <laughs> And the whole the whole story of Blood Beast is that you have Dorothy Fremont just arriving off her, you know, play of Oklahoma, wearing her little hat, you know, and you're like, oh, what? You know, my daughter's having a celebration, and we need to do this whole, you know, thing, and it's got to be unusual and weird. It's like, oh, I have the perfect thing, an Egyptian thing. <laughs> I was in the future. If she had just said, hey, what, what goes into a feast like that? And, well, I'm going to kill a bunch of virgins and... You guys are going to have to eat the eggs in the head, and there's going to be a lot of blood. She might have been like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Applebee's. We'll just have a party at Applebee's. Wrong <laughs> place, wrong no. time. But no, 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 <laughs> because, again, it's, it's uh, you know, we're looking at rich white woman here going, ooh, we want something exotic. I'll just pay for it, you know, not thinking anything would actually be exotic about the food because, again, rich white people, you know, ooh, we want the exotic, we'll pay for it, but there's no way it could possibly be harmful in any way, shape, or form, you know, because, again, it's the 60s. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to question anything that you do, Flab. You can just do it. It's going to be exotic and fun, and all my white friends are going to love it, like, you know. That type of a thing. Um, all along, you, know what, you have Fouad. Yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know what's funny, too, is one of the things that I realized upon watching this film right from the start, too, uh, and I just thought of that because uh, you had mentioned the whole uh, clamshell cover thing and everything. I realized that I thought this was a different movie as well. I thought that this was uh, blood-sucking freaks. Um, from like I guess yeah, 1976 or whatever it is, so uh, it's a totally different film. But that is what I thought this was. So when I saw the cover art was different, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a meanwhile, uh, <laughs> meanwhile in Florida, when they're trying to do everything they can to get their mind off of Cuba, who's just a, <laughs> a couple miles away with some missiles. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, blood sucking freaks. That was 76. Uh, that was Joe M. Reed. But actually passed away recently, but that is a hard watch. <laughs> that is, we're not blood beasts. We're not having fun. This is like, yeah, we're, we are just torturing women in this movie. That's a hard movie to sell to a lot of people, blood sucking freaks. And I mean, I enjoy it, but that's a hard movie to sell to people that want to get into like the olden days of, of slashers and gore and splatter. So that might be another one you want to show your friends, blood sucking freaks. <laughs> he might not be <laughs> Hour. When the time comes to see your friends, show them blood-sucking freaks. Speaking, <laughs> just a, a real, real super fast, sort of off-topic question, but not really because this film was one of the choices. But, Gould, did you get a chance to show any of these films to that dude yet? No, no, that's that's what I'm saying, man, you know, so... Like that, that's why I haven't picked any of the other ones yet. The uh, I, I will be getting him over soon to, to have a viewing. Please keep us updated. Of course. I'll be picking that movie next, so I will let you guys know ahead of time. <laughs> but, yeah, with, with Blood Peace, Fouad's whole angle is that he has to make ultimate blood ritual to Ishtar to bring the goddess of Egypt back to life. 
So that's why he goes to the beach. And this is what I love about the beach sequence with, uh, with uh, Tom, uh, Tony and Marcy. is the fact that he goes, oh, well, it's still light outside, even though it's clearly dark. Like, it's clearly nighttime <laughs> outside. He's like, oh, it's still light out. Like, don't worry, baby. I'll protect you if anything happens. And what's the first thing that happens? Watch shows up, and she's like, help me, Tony. He's like, no, I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm just going to leave. I hope I survive. But Marcy gets her, you know, cleaved in half and her brain taken by Flop. But, again, I also love, like, as bad as the acting was in this entire scene, I love that they stick with the things that have become horror tropes later of the couple making out, that kind of stuff, the uh, the, the boyfriend being extremely aggressive, you know, and, and saying, you know, you know, show me you love me, baby. And she's like, oh, okay, now I'll lay down and let's go back to making out. And then, bam, you get the splatter. <laughs> <laughs> and the the mother of Marcy going to the police station with Pete, you know, the love interest, you know, of this movie, the Connie Mason character of Suzette. <laughs> Did she belong to any clubs or anything? Uh, she was a part of a book club. Oh shit! Yeah, that's something. Yeah, we gotta look up into this book club. <laughs> that's what they have to, get to find the killer. The book clubs. They kill you in '63. <laughs> But also, it's like I would just want to go back to the beach again about the boyfriend because he made it clear he really, really wanted to be in this movie with his fucking overacting <laughs> throughout oh. that entire scene. <laughs> oh, he was hey, making hey, it clear. Oh, he, oh, hey, he, hey, come on, man. What are you talking about over here? He just wanted to be in the movie or something, okay? He just was trying to get a little bit of trim, you know? He was just trying to get a little bit of faith in this, this, this little thing that he had over here. <laughs> No, but it's the whole Florida oh, my way. Oh, my fault. Oh, oh. And, you know, like, yeah, take this crying bitch away. Take this crying bitch away, and we'll ask some questions later. <laughs> but he made it, he made it clear. Hey, he wants to be on fucking Broadway. It's okay. You know, the God knows. That's what I told the guy before he killed my girlfriend. Yeah, it was insane. He was overacting. But not so much as Marcy's mother was like, but she had a white dress and she was going to wear it. She's going to wear it now. <laughs> now she's never going to wear it. She's barrier in it. I know it's kind of fucking dark and depressing, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's an alternative. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, so Fawad needs two weeks to procure all the things for the blood feast. You know, he's praising the golden god oh, of Ishtar. And oh, the Vatican? The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weird golden statue of Ishtar while he stirs the pot of and, you know, blood. This is going to be great. I was like, dude, come on. Spice that up a little bit. Get some pepper. Get some oregano. Put some Put some adobo in there, man. <laughs> you live in Florida. I know you can get to. I know you can get that shit. <laughs> well, Gene, you're you're a chef. I mean, what what do you believe would be good seasoning for for this kind of thing? There you go. I mean, like blood itself is like rich in iron and can have a metallic taste to it. So uh, you probably want to brighten it up with uh, some sweetness and perhaps. Uh, something uh, something acidic, uh, like a squeeze of fresh lemon or a splash of some type of flavored vinegar 
uh, maybe a sweet vinegar, but something just to kind of counteract the kind of metallic notes uh, that run run through blood, run through blood. See, I get that. Okay. You know what? Like I've had that with venison before, where I get that like metallic taste when uh, when eating yeah, well, the meat for it. Not... Venison, like the 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 venison and other game meats are like the flavor. This the flavor uh, that is referred to those meats is just that. They're referred to as gamey, and venison certainly can be described as gamey, uh, same as some cuts of lamb. Um, and you know, lamb <laughs> is one that does well with freshness, like mint. Um, you know, venison, yes, could be, you know, some type of, like, sweet sauce uh, to kind of counterbalance that kind of gamey metallicness that you're referring to. Mary had a little lamb, <laughs> and she kept it in the back. <laughs> okay, now here, here's a weird-ass question, though, because would humans be considered red meat? I've always been curious about that. Yes. But not fucking white Wait, hot, what? <laughs> Only Fawad knows. <laughs> but anyway, this guy's dealing with very, you know, very delicate and fresh ingredients, and you know he's he's running around planning this uh, feast over over a two week span, and has his cauldron uh, consistently going, uh, you know, at a high temperature, and you know. With previous low and slow, bro. in the cauldron, consistently <laughs> having more ingredients added to it, it's just gonna it's gonna affect the consistency of of the meats that are inside. Maybe I he's mean, preparing different. Maybe he's preparing different body parts for different dishes, and it's gonna be a series of dishes that are brought together. See, well, this is true, but being that. Uh, you know, we saw this kind of one-pot deal. We didn't really get a chance to see, uh, you know, what kind of repertoire this guy has in his cooking bag. So. Jambalaya. He was slow. <laughs> he had putting that leg in. Like, he knew. He knew the right temperature. You know, he's checking on it, making sure it's just the right temp. You know, making sure it's cooked just right. He knew. He was ready, man. <laughs> he had all the right equipment. You know, the bathroom catering store to make all the flavor. You know, I mean, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> he was much more. He was much. He was, you know, much more understated compared to a, a Gordon Ramsay type kitchen personality. And to me, the one thing where Fawad could just go in any place, just like fine. Like what in the opening when he killed the girl with her leg, and then so at well, the uh, the hotel where he sees the the captain of the boat bring her his wife back to the hotel room. I'm just gonna pop in. Like, she's not going to lock that door. So I'm just going to pop in real quick. Scattered tongue. That was my favorite kill of the movie when he took out that girl's tongue because that was the actual sheep's tongue that her son used for that sequence. But also because he decided to use these actresses to keep their eyes open during their deaths. Like, it wasn't like, ah, I'm going to kill them and then their eyes are going to close. No, he decided through all these deaths, I've got to stay open. He likes his blowjobs, too. <laughs> yeah, lots yeah, of, but you also like the, you, <laughs> no, but the king also liked this kill because the kill was done by a manable claw. <laughs> it was like your kind came in there. <laughs> <laughs> but but when this whole sequence happened, and the you know the drunk captain comes up with his little hat on, I was like, oh look at Andy, there he is. He's looking to score. Go on, Andy, get some because it's been a while since I saw it. I was like, oh, denied at the door. He's like, 
Well, shucks, I guess I'll get you next time. Let me <laughs> wander my drunk ass back to my car then because it's perfectly fine to drive <laughs> because it's the 60s where everyone keeps liquor in their glove compartment. <laughs> and all those are the days. You can, you can do those kinds of things, man. It's also Johnny Wad. Yeah, Johnny Wad loved them, but it was the use of convertibles because it was easier to film in those. That's why you get a lot of convertibles for this movie, uh, especially when Suzette is with Pete, the police detective that obviously has family and kids at home. He shouldn't be out with him. <laughs> Come on, baby. Let's just you know hang out here. We had a great lecture. It was all about rent. <laughs> yeah. How they <laughs> So so let's go hang out, my hang out in the Chevy in the Chevy Impala as we sit there and hang out after the thing and never remember anything because he went on a big old they went on a big old spiel about Ishtar and the Blood Thief and being the great cop that he is he remembers none of it. <laughs> Not That's until there. the end. It's it's all together. It just you know he just can't get it. <laughs> because he wants it, but he can't get it. Because Suzette's like, "Oh my God, no! Like, we're just kind of dating. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you know, we're sixty-three. We can't do this in your car. Talk about <laughs> yeah. I don't you know, I she, yeah. I give you any kind of hand job. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing's okay. Come... <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's not the there, but... What's in porn, anyway? I do that with that stepmom porn all the time. You know, the stepmom will tell the stepdaughter, it's like, okay to have sex as long as it's only anal. Unless you proceed to fucking stick her tongue up her stepkid's asshole while she gets banged by some dude. Any because other you girlfriend can... like that one? <laughs> what? You have a girlfriend like that one because of religious reasons or something? Yes, I did, actually. <laughs> That's all she would do because yeah, she intended to be uh, a virgin upon being married. Even though you know, I could pretty much get my whole hand up her fucking shazoo at that point. Okay. Uh, yeah, Janet is the one. Shazoo. And she's in the hospital, all bandaged up, and she describes that the guy was old, he had wild eyes, and he kept saying something like "etar." So that's where he goes into the. She wants to play the guitar. He's in the fucking Master of the Universe movie. That sounds so weird. I think I heard that before, but I don't know. So maybe we should just investigate this a little further. Uh, Because he's a good cop and has a great sense of memory. But we also find out that... He's trying to get himself some trim that's like almost, you know, that he could almost be the father of at this point, you know, but it's okay. No, but I also like that when, you know, like the king said, you know, you know, describe the guy for us, you know, and she, you know, in her dying breath, she's like, you know, wild eyes, wild eyes, not, you know, hey, you know, six foot tall, gray hair, you know, nothing like that. She was in pain. You know what, Monkey? You need to be more sympathetic. She was hurting. <laughs> yeah, she was hurt. But if I have cops asking me, you know, describe the person that attacked you, I'm going to sit there and give as many specific details as I can. I'm not going to sit there and start romanticizing about the the details of the character. You could only utter the words "etar." 
okay? Those are easy syllables to say. Eta. And a vowel. Eta. <laughs> and she can even dies afterwards, so the, the nurse has to come up with the sheet over her face. And now she did. So, oh. that's all you're going to get. Chosen one. Thank you, <laughs> I only <She> went, <laughs> But it's great. The lot at home getting fan letters. Where he's like, oh, look at this. My fan who likes that book that I wrote. The, the ancient weird religious rites. And she wants a book? Awesome. Hey, are you staying with Suzette? You are awesome. So... <laughs> I'll be over. <laughs> Guess what? Well, you just made the list. <laughs> just the tiniest little area of, like, Florida, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But I just I love how you had to show off the girls in the pool. So you could obviously H.G. Willis's mm-hmm. nudie cutie of moment where they're, they're playing in the pool and Suzette's laying there in her pink bikini. And it's like, yeah, you can't go full on. But he could do just enough to be like, yeah, they're having fun. But it's yeah, when yeah. Trudy gets bugged and then found on the ground. And Flaw's like, yes, I did. <laughs> All right. <it's> <laughs> yeah, th- this part reminded me so much so, so much as just, you know, <laughs> excuse me, you know, a, a wood movie right here. <laughs> She's walking quickly. He walks quickly from, from hiding behind a tree. No one notices him in the yard and just bam. Right there in the fucking driveway. <laughs> that happened down. when I was tripping one time, man. This fucking dude, we were walking down Old Queens Boulevard, man, and this fucking guy came like bounding down the fucking, like the grass out of nowhere, acting all kinds of weird. Now, as it is, we're tripping face, and this guy is fucking acting like weird, and it wasn't like. We're tripping, and that's why he's weird. He was just fucking being weird. And, you know, so for whatever sometimes reason... Sometimes the weirdness like, cuts right through that shit. Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, we're like... Like, he just had, like, a fucking shit-eating grin on his face. Like, he wouldn't stop smiling. You would almost think that he was the one that was tripping, you know? And like, no, that's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. There's sometimes, like, there's weird shit, and it's not because of you, regardless of what condition you're in. But you just happen to fucking, like, just come upon it, you know? So, like, there we are. Yes. And, like, we were, like, real early in doing anything at the time. Like, we had barely smoked weed or anything like that. We're like, oh, man, you know, we could really go for a fucking, like, a joint or, like, smoke a bowl or whatever. And this guy with this big fucking shit-eating grin on his face without missing a fucking beat is like, oh, I just so happen to have one in my pocket. You know? And he starts, like, fumbling around in his pockets looking to get some fucking weed and it was at that point, though, a cop came rolling up. And it was because the person that I was with at the time had been uh, walking with his bicycle and decided to fall in the middle of the street. And there was a car coming down the road, and they saw somebody laying in the middle of the road, decided to call the cops. So we have to talk to this cop now with a head full of acid and explain to him that, no, no, there's nothing wrong. You know, oh, yeah, we saw some kids down the block, this and that. And thankfully the cop fell for that. But, but it's not us. Definitely not us. But then to make it even weirder, <laughs> we turn around, and the fucking guy is gone. Like, he never existed to begin with. Like, he was nowhere to be seen. Like, he must have slinked the fuck off as soon as, like, Mr. fucking police officer, like, turned up, man. But, uh, yeah. So, it was, it was stoned it was Michael Myers. Basically, man. 
But, yeah, with Trudy back with blood, he whips her savagely to collect their blood for one of the final ingredients to his his blood feast. And while she's missing, we have Mrs. Fremont going, well, I don't care if Trudy's missing. We have to have this party. This is for Suzette, you know, and we're going to have Fawad come over, and we're going to have a great time. And Pete calling in saying he's going to be late. Fawad shows up and he's like, hey, it's going to be great everybody, but you know what? Real quick, though, I should choose that to come into the kitchen with me because, like, it's going to be so cool, you guys. Like, she's going to help. Like, you won't believe what she's going to do to make this feast perfect. So, Suzette, come on. Like, you know, we're in the kitchen. You lay down, and I'm going to say some stuff, and it's going to be great. So, just kind of, you know, put your hands up in the air. Make a lot of high, make a hot and hell. I wave them like you just don't care. <laughs> like this? Yeah, just like that. Perfect. <laughs> I loved it, though, because she kept fucking it up, you know, standing up over her eyes. You know, like, oh, well, Bruno, what about this? And you have to hide the machete super fucking fast. And then he's like, look, just lay the fuck yeah. down. Put your arms up. Say for each charge. She'd be like, okay, like this, for each charge. But what about, and you have to hide the fucking machete again. He's like, look, bitch, just lay on the fucking table. Put your arms up and just say the fucking shit. Damn. You don't have a lot of time. This is going to take a moment to just close your eyes and pretend like you're just praying to Ishtar and we're going to be okay. And in the meantime, Pete and his partner chopped up body of Trudy, so he's like, fuck. <laughs> we know what's happening. We got to go rescue you know, Suzette. Let's go to her house. And I love it when her mother, Dorothy, walks in the room. She's like, oh, my God, it's got a machete. Well, I'm out of here. See you. In peace. And he, quote, unquote, runs away. <laughs> Like, where the yeah. fuck was his car? <laughs> he didn't have a car? <laughs> no, he showed up with all of his stuff to, to cater a big party on his on his feet. You've never done that before? No, that's how you roll. No. <laughs> <laughs> but just as Pete and the other police arrive, Fawaz is a limp, runs away. And they're like, well, we got to find him. Uh, where are we going to go? He moves quick. Because I know that I've had knee problems. I'm not moving that fast. I'm like, all right, guys, you got me. I just hate this. <laughs> guys, I fucked up. I'll go to jail now. Thank you. No, I'm going. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to go to the garbage dump and jump into a garbage truck because that's the place for me. Yeah. It's like the fact that he was able to make it all the way to the fucking dump, you know, it's like, you know cop cars are there. He's right there on the street corner. They drive right by him, you know, <laughs> ignoring the limping I man mean, with a machete in his hand. <laughs> it would have made more sense if at the very least, though, that like, I don't know, there was nobody there to see him. You know, like I would right. think, like he jumped into the garbage truck, like, you know, because, like, he peeked around and the cops were, like, not seeing him for that, like, split second or something. But, like, they were right behind him. So, like, did he really think that they were the cops, like, that the fucking dump truck was going to just keep driving and he was going to get away? I mean, a weird choice. Yes. <laughs> Worst game of hide-and-seek ever. It's going to become a G.I. Joe PSA. 
Hey there, kid. I'm rock and roll. Don't hide in the back of dump trucks. <laughs> and now you know. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Start to swatter this show. You don't want to jump in the back of dump trucks, kid, because you can get kicked back there. Yeah. Thank you, Slaughter. Anybody seen Timmy? As the dump truck opens slowly back up. Holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh, see, kids, he didn't learn his lesson. Don't pass the battle. I'm He just walked away from the crime scene. That's how Sergeant Slaughter does <laughs> Fuck that shit doesn't happen on the He Man PSA. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad. I Joe. That's his head. As one lonely tear rolls down his cheek as he's singing it. <laughs> Indian was thrown the the, uh, the garbage commercial. <laughs> and the garbage oh, was uh, oh the, the Indian on the side of the highway. <laughs> wasn't even an Indian. He was Italian. <laughs> when you find out, he was actually Italian American playing an Indian. You know, for those commercials. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. But yeah, Fawad uh, gets crushed to death in the garbage truck. And I love the guy <laughs> jumping out with this. The hell are you guys stopping me for? What happened? Well, I think you just did this town the best service ever. He's like, yeah, guess we kind of did. All right. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm going to go back to the gym when I got my and smoke another cigar while I do another 10 reps here. <laughs> hey, hey, Joey, the cops said we can get the fuck out of here today. Let's go. <laughs> oh, <whew. It> just, <laughs> Good thing we don't get a report to the mob boss about the other 10 bodies that are in the back of this dump truck. Fucking waste, just waste management. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> branding ever for a movie where you have the two detectives, Pete and his partner. His partner breaks out the pipe, and he's like, "Yeah, he got tossed out like the trash he is." And then Pete breaks out a cigarette. I'm like, "Yep, nothing says refreshing like a nice cigarette." After this <laughs> investigation, sixty-three, everybody. Smoke him if you got him. <laughs> It's just another case of Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> this movie brought to you by Chesterfield Kings. <laughs> yeah, hell no. Pipe and he, don't fuck he with just break up. Like, he didn't even break out the pack. He just had a woosie in his jacket. Yep. <laughs> Let's smoke him. That's what I said. And when they showed, like, the half T-shirt, you know, in the the garbage truck, you know, just getting dragged through with a little blood in the end. I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> you know, <laughs> compared to blood with the kids' house. But, um, but yeah, that's Blood Feast. I mean, I had a great time with it. I mean, I know it's, you know, kind of one of those movies where I always feel like it's seminal. You know, if you want to kind of see where splatter films were in 63, like that's the one to go to. Um, but like the ghoul and monkey and Dean always say, like I do, more jaded you know, to these movies. But showing it to somebody that doesn't expect it, I think it's going to be a really fun time. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what your friend has to say about it. 
Yeah, but also if you cause consider yourself a you know a horror fan, someone who actually you know wants to become something more of a horror aficionado, want to do your research. This this is one of those movies that you need to you know give it a chance and check it out because it's one of those check marks of you know that that you sit there and knock off on your horror fan list of you know for first major gore film. And yeah, you need to check out Blood Feast. Okay. I agree. What you saying that? All right, so next week, uh, Dean, it is your pick, so what do you have for it? So, on Going this back show, to <laughs> we are not. We are not. <laughs> Going to Japan. No, we're not. But on this huh? show, we have seen, uh, and we have watched, and we have reviewed, and we've talked about uh, horror films that, uh, that cover the whole scope. We've had horror films dealing with slashers and mad scientists and mad doctors. And we've had horror movies dealing with the natural world, like bears that eat people. And we've watched horror films that have demons. And we've even seen some erotic horror. Um, We've had plenty of zombie films. We've had all kinds of slasher, all kinds of splatter, uh, even some killer inanimate objects, such as condoms and microwaves. (laughs) But the time has come to once again enter the realm of the inanimate because on this show talking terror we have yet oh, no. to cover a film that has oh, to no. do with a pair of killer pants and right now it's on shutter is the new feature film slacks no we are watching a film on shutter called slacks uh about a pair of killer pants Thank you, Dean. You took my pick for my pick. I hey, I said, I said, I said a week ago that I had a good one for coming up. No, <laughs> I watched it. I watched it with me, and I am so excited for Slacks. But man, that was going to be mine. So damn it, I have to, I have to pick something else. So I was going to tribute to you. I was going to contribute to the Dean, and I was going to pick Slacks. And you just went ahead and stole my thunder. So man. I'm going to have to figure it out. <sighs> well, you know what? Fine. I, I can't wait to talk about Slack. It, it, yeah, it's so much fun. But we'll get there. All right, so that's what we're going to be talking about next week on Shudder, the 2021 release of Slack. So thank you, Dean. You're welcome. So as we close off, Dean, thank you so much, and we're going to be talking about Slack next week. Good night. All right. right. Sorry. Sorry. That's like we're talking to a ghoul. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the episode of Talking Terror. I'm the man before. It's okay. Yeah. I'm the mad monkey thing. Thanks for listening. Good night. (laughs) All right. There you go. All right. So, ghoul, hit us with a plug and uh, we'll come to sketch as we close out. Hey, you know, uh, right now, if you go over to Bonfire Beat Designs, uh, it's probably not going to be much as far as updating goes. Uh, the cool girls had some some issues as of late, but uh, you can still get on there, see what she's got available, and uh, find any kind of gemstone jewelry, uh, pendants, bracelets. You know, I, I, I haven't even checked to see see what's up at the moment, but there, there should be stuff there. See if you find something that you like. There's got to be a holiday coming up, Mother's Day, Father's Day, fucking Easter. Oh. Uh, 
I don't know. There's always a reason to buy something for somebody. You got a stimulus check, didn't you? Go. It's burning a hole in your pocket right now. And you know what that thing's screaming? It's screaming. Stimulus. Go to Etsy. All one. <laughs> just like that. Bonfire bead designs. Okay. And there you go. Just buy something from there, please. Thank you. And besides that, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Thank so, you. Thank again, you. So. Yeah, next week we're going to be talking about slacks. Again, that was going to be my pick for what I chose in two weeks. I'm not thinking about something else. But normally on the show, when I, I always say, you know, hail Satan, hail yourself, hail over. I want to close out a little bit differently because I don't get a lot of personal on the show, but my grandfather passed away last Friday, and William Pizzillo was my hero. Uh, and I miss him today. And uh, so Friday, there will be no action for me. I'm talking to her page. So I'm going with this. So I'm just ending with this. Hail, pop-up, so uh, hail yourself. Safe passage of Valhalla. And I'm going to miss you. And thank you so much for the memories. And thank you so much for being who you were my entire life, which is being just the ultimate person and understanding and free of judgment. And I hope that you're happy and pain-free on the other side. So. That's what I have to say. Help out, Bob. And until next we meet, Blacks, the Dean's choice. <laughs> See you next week. Rest in peace, sir. Rest in peace. And here I was going to end it with.